best place for below average stars. Hello there, and welcome to the Star Bowl Show, the best place for below average Star Wars. I am the Jolly Jedi Pete. And Junkie XL Ian. I'm Kat Rizialka. And I'm Jason Hondo Ling. And we are back with a brand new episode of Star Wars. We've all been to Star Wars Celebration. We've all sort of recovered. Um, maybe not over the Celebration Blues just yet, but we're all in one piece and we're all functioning and we're all ready to talk about our Celebration experiences as well as those three brand new movie announcements. Um, Kick it straight off. Uh, let's go straight to um, you, Ian, just about your Star Wars celebration experience and sort of the best bits that you enjoyed, what it was like overall. Obviously, it was your first celebration, so what it was like to what you were expecting and all all that good stuff. Yeah, it was my uh, it was obviously my first celebration, uh, and I loved it. It was so much fun. I really enjoyed uh, the fact that everyone was there just to enjoy Star Wars. It was re- it was everything I could have expected. It was a bit manic in places and that, a bit crazy and and that. But no, it was great to just meet so many people that uh, I never thought I'd meet in life in general. People from like social media and that who you would never have a chance to meet in real life. And it was great to meet these people, like some of these people from halfway across the world, and to actually meet them face to face was a bit surreal. So that that was one of my highlights of celebration. Is more is more the uh, social side of it, just meeting people, like I said, that I never thought I'd. Uh, me. Another highlight for me was when uh, you dragged me to the uh, dragged me, I wanted to go, but I was saying when you uh, took me to the High Republic panel that was one of the best things that uh, has ever happened because like I said we went to High Republic panel and uh, then we were treated to uh, obviously Leslie Headland coming out uh, after the live stream had stopped to show to talk about the High Republic and how she wanted to how she found out obviously about the publishing initiative of the High Republic and how she wanted her show to not only just like coexist with it, but actually tie into it, which I think is really cool because sometimes the books and the comics can be kind of ignored for like bigger storytelling. So it was nice that she wanted to like lean into that and uh, celebrate that. And then obviously she showed us the uh, the Acolyte trailer, which was next level, mind-blowing stuff, which looked completely amazing. And then uh, obviously she brought her wife out, Rebecca Ferguson, who will be playing... Uh, Vanessa Rowe, who is a character from the High Republic, that was a that was amazing to see. That was so much uh, that was so much fun, uh, and another experience I had. I did I did see John Favreau. He was about three feet in front of me. I didn't get a chance to say anything to him because he got uh, he got ushered away by his security team. I think he was on the way to the soccer panel. But uh, no, other than that, mate, I had a, I had a great time. Like I said, it was manic in places. It was uh, there's a lot going on. And I've never been more tired in my life. When I finished, I was so tired for about. I've only think I've only just started to recover, like not being tired all the time. But no, uh, I really enjoyed it. And obviously, meeting all us for meeting for the first time, like all together, that was a that was a real highlight of my weekend. Yeah, it was fantastic. Just for um, you know, I think you know, in, me and you have met in London, you know, yeah. for a few hours, have to be in the city at the same time in yeah. the past. Obviously, um. Cat Jason, you know, I've not haven't met you guys before and we've been recording a podcast for probably over a year now together. Um so yeah, for me that was a big highlight was 
us four all being together in the convention center and being able to meet up at different times and hang out and speak and be there for each other in in real life which is fantastic um got all the shout outs you know as you said uh, you, you know meet up with lots of different routes from uh from social media uh the mutuals um you know i've got to meet up with quite a few but just a big shout out to um ian and georgia uh those good old mandos um you know they had some kind words to say about the podcast so thank you very much it meant a lot meant a lot there obviously randy from the us as well some kind words about the podcast so again thank you thank you very much for that um cat will go over to you about your star wars celebration experience and the best parts um and what it was like versus what you're expecting it it was also my first star wars celebration and it completely went above and beyond everything i could have expected uh i wasn't actually i think i was just getting into star wars when it last came to london so i missed out on that previous time and as soon as it was announced that it was coming back here i knew i had to go i had to make it happen i'm so glad i did because the entire weekend was just the best experience ever you had all these star wars fans from across the world all here to celebrate and be passionate about this one thing that unites us all it truly felt like the force uh because everybody was so positive yes we all have different views and opinions on star wars what we like that's what not what we like not as much but everybody felt so respectful on the show floor and to talk to and it was that positivity that really sort of made my weekend being surrounded by people who were just as geeky and just as insanely into this as we all are and i think my favorite panel was absolutely the villains of the sequel trilogy panel uh that was on the sunday with gwendolyn christie andy circus and ian mcdermott it was such a wonderful insight into these amazing actors and not only how they came about these roles in star wars but the effect the, the roles have had on them and I mean, Ian was just a complete and utter laugh in that panel, considering he plays like one of the biggest bad guys. He is just an absolute riot on the stage. And Gwendolyn Christie is just so fascinating to listen to. I could have listened to her for hours upon end. She has got such a deep take on her characters and their roles. And you see that on screen. So to get into her head like that was just awe-inspiring and getting to meet her for that photo opportunity and the autograph was just amazing i love gwendolyn not just in star wars but in the sandman and wednesday on netflix so it was just an absolutely awesome experience and i think if i was to probably put like a final highlight it would have to be, I think, the, the Creature Cantina, which is a panel that we just went to one evening where Brian Herring was talking about um, ILM and the amazing people behind the droids, the aliens, and some of those really complicated costumes. And it was, we ended up with a pantomime at the end of that uh, panel, and it was just so much fun. And I couldn't stop laughing. Brian Herring 
they need to put him on screen because he was such a good actor in that panel. Uh, he we, we can't keep hiding him behind BB-8 all the time. But yeah, I mean, it was my first solo celebration. It will definitely not be my last. And the weekend was just an absolute thrill ride. Yeah, that um, I, I wasn't in that creature panel, but when you say pantomime, essentially they got people out of the crowd to then actually wear some of the aliens and wear some of the, the creature effects, didn't they? They did, although it was rehearsed, but they pretended it wasn't. But I mean, still, see those creatures in action live on stage must be must be pretty spectacular. It was. I mean, it granted us such a deeper insight into the complexities of those costumes and just what the people underneath have to go through to bring some of these aliens to life. And um, it just, I already had a, a ton of respect for anybody who can get in one of those creature costumes. And just seeing it live on stage just gave me even more respect for them. Which creatures were on stage? Um, I'm pretty sure the alien was either from The Force Awakens or Solo, but I'm not actually sure which alien it was. It wasn't a firm scissor punch, everyone's favourite. No, I wasn't a firm scissor punch. <laughs> and I think, you know, obviously I was in the, the villains of the sequel trilogy uh, panel the same as you and again i think for me you know i think e mcdermott's always a riot because he, he does these panels so much that he, he just he has fun and he knows how to turn it on if that makes sense but what i found surprising was just how passionate gwendolyn christie was about her role and, and about star wars and about sort of being a villain um so so yeah i thought that was really really awesome as well Yeah, I mean, with that passion she's got, I really do hope they can perhaps bring Gwendolyn Christie back, especially with where the Mandalorian's now heading. Well, definitely. I mean, you know, I think the world's always as the Mandalorian appears to be, you know, it's very much telling the tale of sort of the Imperial remnants turning into the First Order. So, you know, there's definitely a place there for the First Order's best trooper to come into it at some point, which would be pretty cool. Jason, let's go over to you. How how was your Star Wars celebration? I think it was your first one as well. Um, how was it versus you know expectations versus reality? What were some of your favourite parts of it? Well, what can I say? It was absolutely manic. Um, it was great fun. Obviously, getting to catch up with you guys, finally meeting you all, um, staying with the um, rest of the Jedi News team as well, um, and obviously for Cat, myself, and obviously yourself as well, Pete, because you got pretty involved. We we were also busy reporting and running around and doing stuff. Um, and I got to see a different side of the celebration by helping out on the UKG stand, which was really great because you got to properly meet people that were there experiencing it with you. Um, plus got to play around and take photos um and um i had the privilege of being involved with helping um sort out for um annabelle and harrison davis to be inducted into the 501st um which absolutely great um seeing the behind the scenes of that sort of thing 
um, and all of the costuming groups, you know, the displays that they put on. Um, and I know a lot of the guys um, I'd like to really give a shout out to the likes of um, Simon from Mando Mercs, Mark um, from Rebel Legion, Ian and James and um, all the guys over it, um, the droid builders. Um, for really, really pulling out the stops and putting on a great show for everyone that was going there. Um, obviously, I never thought I would queue two hours to get into a Lego store, but I did, um, and that was an experience. But again, um, got talking to more Star Wars fans, uh, you know, got to properly join in there. Um, and then, um, like you said, meeting up with ian and georgia who had worked so hard um ian created two great costumes with himself as axe woes and georgia as bo katan um and obviously they're both listeners of the podcast i know we all joke you know how many listeners have we actually got so when you get to meet people that listen to this and enjoy it 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 really does boost your confidence um, and likewise, it was really surreal um, being introduced to um, Randy Ward, who's the um, international director for the Sabre Guild. And he just, as soon as he was introduced to me, he said, you're from Star Wars. And I was like, oh, my God, this guy's from Washington and he's listening to us. So we're, we've got we're getting the coverage. This is good. Um, but overall, um, I, I only managed to do, I think it was three panels. Um, the creature one, like Kat said, was actually really just so entertaining. And I managed to um, bump into Mike Quinn and congratulate him. And it was really nice to see his reaction to hear that everyone had enjoyed it. Um, and likewise, I spoke to Brian Heron as well, and he was really pleased that we enjoyed it. Um and yeah, then to sit in on, I got to see the episode of The Mandalorian before everyone else, which was, again, an amazing experience. And then finally to sit in on Bad Batch um, and see, you know, where that's heading for its final season and then rush off to <laughs> appear on the um 1138 podcast and report back on that so for me celebration was just amazing and flew by um but it was a, a great experience um oh and i've got to give a shout out to the padawan outpost uh yeah padawan outpost guys who i managed to bump into um which again you know when you you deal with these guys online and you speak to them actually getting to shake their hands and be in the room with them and enjoy and share your love of Star Wars just makes it that extra bit special. No, it certainly does. Um, I think some of my highlights were, um, you know, just sort of meeting you guys was, you know, as I've already said, you know, it was, was, was wonderful getting to hang out. Obviously, um, Ian, Jason, we got to hang out at the uh, 501st Bash, uh, which was really good. Um, I think yeah. one I have to mention, you know, getting that, getting that uh, taxi home after maybe one too many um, spice rooms and Red Bulls um, and ordering some kebabs. And then obviously on the ride home, realising, have I ordered these to go to me normal house in the northeast of Newcastle 
or are these going to go to uh, to the digs where we're staying? Obviously, luckily they turned up at their accommodation, so it was spot on, and they turned up fine. But there was a little bit of fear there when I wasn't quite sure using just eat up if I'd ordered them to uh, my home address or to the accommodation address. So that was that was pretty cool. Um, obviously, I want to shout out uh, Jared and Brian Balance. Um, obviously, those guys come over from Florida, uh, so it was great to catch up with those guys. Um, yep. Obviously, um, you know, speaking of bumping to people who you know, obviously bumping to Matt and Luke from the Star Wars Sessions podcast. Uh, and that was, they, recognized me, they recognized me on the Thursday, you know, Jordan, you like Pete coming over and get a selfie. That was really cool. Obviously, those guys were wonderful. Um, bumping to them numerous times throughout the weekend. Um, and again, always so welcoming and, and fun. So thank you very much for those guys. Um, obviously, bumping into the Don't You Diva Self, Savannah. Um, obviously, great to catch up with Savannah. You know, I met Savannah in our celebration. 2016 in London, um, so the last European one. Um, so that, that, that was wonderful. Obviously, um, Savannah has since uh, caught COVID. She's in Paris with COVID at the minute, so I was going to say get well soon, Savannah, and hopefully you, you're feeling better soon. Um, she did get a ride big in the mountain before she got ill, so that is, that is good for her. Um, I think some of the big things that were different for me the celebration one was the celebration store. So we now went to the celebration store twice. Um, I think on day two and day three, um, and you know, I only queued for a maximum of 20 minutes, um, which in the past, you know, you queue for over an hour at least. Um, so I thought that was really streamlined and worked really well. I don't know why it worked really well this year compared to other years, but but yeah, so you know, really good experience for celebration store. They will spend a lot of money on t shirts, which is what I love to do. Um, I think for me, I was really excited about the Hasbro exclusive until I realized it wasn't actually on site, and you had to pick up a card and buy it. Um, which I did pick up a card, but you know, I didn't end up buying it, just too busy to you know order online for Hasbro Pulse over the weekend. Um, you know, I think if it had been there on site, I would have bought two, no problem. Um, and I know I guarantee there'll be some of them left that will hit Hasbro Pulse general sale probably this week. Um, but yeah, like I said, saw celebration a crazy time, it flew by. Um, you know, come come Monday, I left the convention center around past six, I think it was. I was able to meet up with my cousin Alan. Um, who I started the podcast with. Um, he'd actually been up Newcastle that weekend and uh, he'll be back in London half an hour and I met up with him. I was able to get a bite eat a nice burger and I was pretty exhausted. He was like, you're that guy. And I was like, yeah, I do. I feel really tired. I was able to get the train home. Um, obviously, lots of announcements made, you know, in regards to television, movies, um, toys that could be on here for hours and hours and hours. But this episode, as I said, we're going to keep it short. Um, so we're just going to focus on the three new movie announcements. So this was during the Lucasfilm um, panel. So the first panel of the first day, the first main event panel. Obviously, Kathleen Kennedy led it. Um, and there will be three new movies coming. Um, so we'll start talking about the first one. So, you know, she announced that Dave Floney is going to be directing a live action Star Wars movie. Um, and she used the word closing out, the term closing out. It's going to close out. Um, Sort of the Mandalorian storylines. Um, so I suppose we could say it's bringing an end to the current sort of Mandoverse uh, story arc. So we are fed Mandalorian, Ahsoka. Um, it's going to bring bring those to a to a closing out, a closing point, I suppose. Um, almost like the Avengers movies do with the Marvel universe. Um, let's go to you first, Ian. Uh, so what's your what's your thoughts on Dave Filoni? A getting the live action movie, and then your thoughts on on sort of what this movie could be, and when do you think we'll get it? It was quite emotional actually seeing Dave Filoni get a movie. Obviously, us being super fans, we've seen him start in the Clone Wars as obviously George's <clears throat> apprentice. 
and seeing him now go from animation to making TV shows to now actually helming his own his own actual live action Star Wars movie, it's quite emotional for a fan. Because like I said, we've been with Dave on every step of the way, and uh, I can't wait to see what he does with the film. Like uh, the film, I believe will. Uh, I think there was a little like synopsis released on StarWars.com. It didn't say a lot, but it said basically it will be the tale of the Imperial Remnant taking on the New Republic, obviously after Return of the Jedi. And obviously with what the Mando-verse appears to be building with the Ahsoka trailer and that, I do believe the big villain of that will be Thrawn and it will be like his own version of Heir to the Empire, which they actually came out and said in the Ahsoka trailer, like they actually said Heir to the Empire, which is one of my favourite moments of the weekend. Uh, so, yeah, no, I'm really excited for Dave's movie. Like I said, he'll be talking to George as well. I guarantee he'll be talking to George because, like I said, he, he learned everything off George. And, no, really excited for what that could lead to and what potentially we could get in that film. Me, personally, I, I do believe it'll be like an Air to the Empire type of movie. But, yeah, uh, really excited to see what Dave does, actually, with a film. And, yeah, like I said, hugely emotional. Hugely emotional for uh, to see him go all the way from animation to live action. Definitely. Um, when do you think we'll get this movie? I, I'm sort of torn between. I think it'll be the last of these movies that they've announced. But it'll cook. I think it'll be. You know, we've still got at least one more season of Mando. You know, possibly two seasons of Ahsoka. Um, so you know, we're probably talking. You know, it's it's going to be. You know, I do. I do think four or five years away, maybe. I do think it'll be the last one. Because like, I think I saw a quote from Kathleen Kennedy saying it's like a six or seven year build to this film, obviously with the new series that are coming out. So you've got Skeleton Crew and that as well. So I do think it'll be the last one. Uh, so yeah, I think it'll be uh, 2025, I think the next Star Wars movie slated to be. So 27, 20, 2029, potentially. Potentially. We could get that then. Let's go to you. Your thoughts on Dave Filoni and the thoughts on us getting a cinematic ending to the Mandoverse. Dave Filoni's journey has basically been that of a Jedi. He's gone from the tutelage of George Lucas to Star Wars animation to directing Star Wars live action television. And now he's getting the chance to actually direct his own movie. And I think it's it's about time. He's mastered these skills underneath directors of The Mandalorian, like Jon Favreau. And he's going to give us all that classic Filoni, but on a feature-length film. And I think it's absolutely brilliant. His storytelling has only gotten better. Every episode currently of The Mandalorian has kept blowing my mind. And the Mandoverse has become such a rich, such a beloved part of the Star Wars universe in a relatively short period of time. Just think when The Mandalorian appeared on the screens a few years ago and we didn't know who he was. And now a day hardly goes by where you don't see Din Djarin or Grogu somewhere. So I think it's just going to be amazing. And I agree with Ian that I think it is going to definitely have some elements of the Fawn trilogies, possibly even drawing from Star Wars Aftermath. And... We're going to see the Imperial Remnants, I think, go up against the New Republic one more time before they retreat to the Unknown Regions and form the First Order. 
interesting. When do you think we'll get this movie? you think it's going to be sort of back end of the decade? Absolutely. I don't think you're going to see it much before 2030. So it's going to be a while. Just one, I just had a thought there, so I'm interested to get your Do you think we'll get like a, you know, whatever the movie's called, Hate of the Empire, right? and we'll get like part one, part two, like Avengers Infinity War? No, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be one film, and I think Dave Filoni knows how to write a story within a certain time frame. I mean, he did Clone Wars arcs in twenty-two minutes, so he's gonna be fine with two hours. Yeah, definitely. Jason, let's go to you then. Last person on the on the panel to talk about it. Um, Dave Filoni in a live-action movie. It being sort of the closing out of the Mandalorian storyline. Well, I think everyone knows my feelings on Filoni and he is, to me, the master now that um, George has obviously stepped into the background. Um, The idea that, you know, the more I've been reading over the last few days, this this has been a clear plan. The guys know where they're going, which makes me very happy because I feel that was the biggest failure with the sequels in that there wasn't a clear plan. And I think that's where Favreau and Filoni between them have just mastered what we want from Star Wars. Um, Seeing what I've seen of the Ahsoka series um, and how the Mandalorian seems to be heading at the moment, um, I'm quite excited. I I'm not sure if it's going to be as long as um, six years away, um, but again, it depends on the. It will go along with however they've plotted the storylines. You know, whether there's going to be two seasons of Ahsoka. Um, we know that there's definitely almost definitely going to be another season of Mando because. Favreau's already said that he's written it. Um, so we know there, you know, you've got you've got Ahsoka, then you've got a season of another season of Mando. Um, where it goes from there is dependent on what their plan is. But I'm just happy to come along for the ride and look forward to seeing how it all closes out. Um, and you know, I just trust Filoni to not let us down. Um, I hope I don't have to eat those words in a few years' time, but I, I trust him. So I think it's going to be a good thing. What they're doing, you know, I've seen a lot of criticism about the latest season of Mando. I'm absolutely loving it. There's some episodes that have been a bit different, but, um, you know, what's wrong with changing it up a bit at times? If they were just going to deliver us what we wanted, what we expected, then that's pretty much what they did with the Obi-Wan series. And, you know, as much as I like the Obi-Wan series, it didn't set me alight. Um, You know, with this, the Mando at the moment, you know, you watch each episode and you think, what's going to happen next? And that's how you should enjoy a good story. Um, So I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, And I just... Can't wait to see what Dave's got up his sleeve. Yeah, I think. I mean, I, I think it will come back into the decade. Um, I just think, you know, we've got another season of Mando to come. You know, we've got you know, Soka hasn't hit screen yet. You know, Soka comes out in August. Um, and then, you know, as um, Zari Dawson said, you know, if it does well enough, the, 
Commissioner Season 2. Um, so, you know, it's probably going to be a back end. Obviously, there's still the, the final plot points for you to, to, to do. There's obviously the script to write, um, where, you know, when we talk about it, but I think, you know, this Ray movie seems to be, you know, almost finished being written. So that's probably going to production first. But yeah, I think what I'm excited for, you know, I'm excited that I'm excited that they've taken the leap of faith to say, you know, actually we're going to tell that, you know, Mandalorian, which has been synonymous with Disney Plus, you know, it's the big, it's the big driving force of Disney, of Disney Plus. I think, you know, is the Mandalorian and the Mandalorian verse and what they're doing there and Star Wars live action TV shows. It's probably the crown jewel of, of Disney Plus. Um, and you know, Disney has problems, especially in the Bob Chapek era, um, which is now finished. Obviously, Bob Iger's back. Um, and, you know, like Bob Iger coming back, you know, his big thing was, A, let's put it in the hands of the creatives, but it was also a case of put it in the hands of the creatives because I want box office dollars. And I think, you know, saying, you know, is we can take our Mandalorian storytelling here on Disney Plus and we can put it on the big screen and we can uh, make some big money here and give people a really great time in the cinemas um, and then show them the faith to give Dave Filoni that movie to do that. Again, it's, it's just fantastic, you know. And Catalan, right? You know, we had sort of been on the path of the Jedi, you know, sort of coming into the company as a fan, working in that George, and then just growing the George as Lucasfilm Animation got set up and, you know, from scratch, and he was a part of that. So, you know, where it is now, where, you know, it's producing things like the Bad Batch, which, you know, some of the best animation on the planet. Um, and then here he is now getting a live action movie, which is, you know, fantastic. Um, and who knows what's next for Dave? You know, once he. You know, if the, if this film that he's going to do is the end of the Mandalverse, then who's to say he's not then free to go and do whatever he wants to do next? Um, you know, in 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 live action, which will be which will be wonderful. Um, I wonder. Part of me thinks you know, Mandalverse is very popular. You know, Mando. And I think as you know, somebody said it. Um, you know, you, you, you see Din Djarin's image everywhere. You see Grogu's image everywhere. Um, you know, Bo-Katan this season, her images, you know, all over the internet. Um, so, you know, I wonder if maybe it won't bring an end to the actual Mandalverse, but maybe this first part of the Mandalverse. But who knows, I suppose. We, we don't know. Um, but time will tell. And anybody have any closing thoughts about uh, Dave Filoni's movie? I was just going to say, like, uh, since I got back from Celebration, obviously going to Cat's point about him, obviously, right, like, becoming a Jedi, basically, I've been watching the old Clone Wars featurettes on YouTube and just seeing, obviously, him working with George and all that. Like I said, it, it's really emotional to see him go from that to leading his own film. Like I said, it's, it is amazing. Them old Clone Wars featurettes, I recommend anyone go back and watch them. Like, you get into a real, like... The real look at how him and George work together and what they discussed and obviously George telling him about his beliefs obviously about the force and all that type of stuff so yeah I can't wait to see it and like I said uh, just looking back at the more Clomos featurettes like it just fills me with even more confidence yeah I think, no, I think for me as well you know as, as we go into a Soka series being sort of the next part of the Mandalverse and it's going to be a big part of Dave's movie I imagine when it comes out then you know as we've seen the Soka trailer you know, sort of the Star Wars Rebels um, storylines being continued, you know, Thrawn, uh, the search for Ezra, Ahsoka, uh, Hera Sandula, Sabine Wren. Um, I think what is what is awesome is um, if anyone who hasn't seen Star Wars Rebels or is going to be re-watching Star Wars Rebels, obviously the Rebels Recon show, which was on YouTube, uh, hosted by Andy Gutierrez, I believe, which would dive into each sort of Rebels episode after it aired, about sort of the ins and outs of the episode. Very short, but again, 
we get very good interviews with Dave Flooney a lot of the time and other um, showrunners, uh, writers, producers, that type of thing, cast and crew. Um, definitely worth checking those out if you are redoing Rebels going into this sort of era of uh, Star Wars storytelling. Definitely recommend it. Going on to the next movie, um, obviously a big part of Star Wars celebration was um, Indiana Jones. Um, obviously Indiana Jones 5 coming out um, this June, June 30th, I believe. Um, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Um, which I think they've, they've since said this will be the final Indiana Jones tale. Um, so, you know, quite quite big words there. Um, so obviously Harrison Ford's back as Indiana. And James Mangold is directing. Um, obviously James Mangold was at celebration to reveal the new Indiana Jones 5 trailer, which was awesome. Um, but he also came out on stage to announce that he's um, going to be directing a Star Wars movie. Um, it's going to be telling the tale of the dawn of the Jedi, sort of the dawn of the Force. Um, could be set, you know, maybe 25,000 years before before any stories we've seen so far, perhaps. Um, Ian, let's go to you. So what's your thoughts on A, James Mangold getting a Star Wars movie? Um, and then B, obviously, the fact that it's going to be set sort of at the dawn of time for the Jedi Knights. James Mangold getting a Star Wars movie is really exciting. I really enjoyed uh, Logan. That was that was James Mangold who did Logan, wasn't it? He was indeed, yeah. He was, yeah. That was an amazing film. The Dawn of the Jedi is really a really interesting uh, thing to look at. Obviously, we've got a little glimpse of it in The Last Jedi on Acto when you had the mural of the Prime Jedi. I don't know whether that was literal or figurative, uh, but... I can't wait to see. And then just to see uh, the galaxy, like 25,000 years in the past, everything's going to be so basic. The technology is not, it's going to be so different to what we've ever seen. That was the, like, things were like Knights of the Old Republic and all that. I always used to think it was just, it was supposed to be 4,000 years in the past, but all the technology was the same. So I'm really looking forward to, like, seeing an error we've never, like, never seen on screen, like, and what that will entail. And obviously seeing the first uh, Jedi to wield the Force or how the Jedi came to be is hugely exciting. Like, we we used to have... Uh, it's interesting they've called it Dawn of the Jedi because I think we used to have old Legends comics and uh, books called Dawn of the Jedi, which obviously told you the story of how, they, uh, how the Force and the Jedi came to be. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see if they take anything from that. But, no, hugely exciting. Like I said, James Mangold did an amazing job on... Logan, like you said, the new Indiana Jones. I'm not. I'm. I like Indiana Jones, but I'm not a massive fan. But I'm gonna go see that. It looks really good. The trailer. So no, hugely excited of what that could mean. Obviously, first Jedi, first Sith, and I did like as well at Celebration that they put a new timeline out that obviously had the three new errors that they're gonna look to explore. So I do like that we're gonna have like a Dawn of the Jedi era, an Old Republic era, and then obviously getting into the later film later as a new Jedi order. Uh, Error. So yeah, no, huge excited for that and to see what the first Jedi would look like and what the Force looks like and just what the galaxy looks like back then because it's going to look so different to anything we've ever seen. Definitely, I think for me, you know, one of the things you know, you hear some of the interviews, especially with like Captain Kennedy after the panel ended with the likes of IGN and Empire Magazine, I think it was who had time with them after the panel ended, which was sort of new. Obviously, they were working with James Mangold, but um, yeah, he was five, and you know, he was a big Star Wars fan. And he was constantly sort of back and forth with him and then he you know came this idea and he wanted to tell us all of this Ben Hur type story, Lawrence Arabia type story, you know, which to me, you know, their big golden age of cinema, golden age of moving picture, golden age of film, you know, stories, you know, and tell this tale of like sort of the 
the beginning of the Jedi. So, you know, is it going to be the first Jedi? Is it going to be the first Force user? And how that happens, who knows? But it's going to be great to have it distanced so much from anything we've ever seen before, which means that you can really sort of delve and tell whatever story you want. Now, is the box office box in that? I don't know because, um, you know, if it's going to be distanced from everything we've ever known before, you know, we're not going to have title characters in there. You know, Yoda's not going to be in there. You know, so so who, who knows? But I think to give someone like James Mangold that, that type of story to tell, I think it's fantastic. Obviously, you know, Logan is fantastic. You know, he also directed, um, I believe he directed the um, Johnny Cash biopic, What Ryan, I think, um, you know, which is fantastic. Um, so, you know, he's, he's done quite a lot of different stuff. I think he's did Copland as well, which is, you know, quite, quite a good movie. Um, you know, so he's, he's told quite a few different stories across, you know, different um, genres. Um, you know, and I'm excited for it to see see what 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 he does with this one. Um Kat will go to you. Thoughts on James Van Gogh getting a movie and thoughts on when it's set. I've not seen any of James Mangold's movies, but I do know of him as a director. And I think he is a good choice for the Star Wars universe. This is a very exciting era to be exploring. It has been looked at a, a bit in the expanded universe, what's now known as Legends. Uh, not a section of Legends I've read. I only read that up until the Old Republic. So to go that far into the history of the Force and the history of the Jedi, it's such an open area. There is so much they could potentially do. And it's going to be a area and time of the galaxy we've never seen. What is it even going to look like? Hyper hyperspace lanes shouldn't exist. I don't think hyperdrives will exist. You're gonna be you're almost gonna be looking at us. It's like gonna be like regular humans on and regular aliens just stuck on individual planets with hardly any way to communicate or travel. So it's going to be absolutely fascinating to see how they make this era of the galaxy different to Star Wars that has come before and how they're going to make us love characters in a single movie because there's going to be no one we know in it it's going to be a completely new slate of characters and we have to be able to connect with them in a single movie so it's a big it's a big ask it's a big challenge for James Mangold and I'm really excited to see the kind of lore and mythos they're going to weave into this movie. Do you think, um, obviously, you know, you, brought, you bring up a great point about, you know, hyperspace travel and hyperdrives. Do you think there'll be a case of, like, tying your ship to a uh, space wheel? It could well be. You might just need to, like, jump on a pergil and hope for the best. Because <laughs> that's sort of, that's where, hyper, that's where hyperspace comes from, I think, isn't it? That's what they've sort of hinted at. Um, something you might know, Kat, actually, knowing your... Um, expertise with comics and stuff but haven't we seen flashbacks of like the original jedi or with like white lightsabers in one of the comics dr afra maybe if we have it's not probably a comic series i'm up to date with i'm not up to date with dr afra i've not read every issue I've never been like in, i'm far from with white lightsabers i'm far from a date so i think it was like in the initial run but i'm sure i've seen a story somewhere where it showed you like like flashbacks to like these really like Jedi Knights from like before the Harry Potter era, it looks like. Um, I uh, I vaguely remember this. Yeah, I know what you're on about. It was in the 
like the original Doctor Aphra run, and it was something they were called the Ordu Aspectu, and they had like a citadel. But I, yeah, they were quite they were quite ancient, and they had like ancient like lightsabers and all that. I remember what you were about. Yeah, it was they were like called the Ordu Aspectu or something like that. Quite intense, weren't they? Yeah. yeah, yeah, they had a, they had quite extreme uh, beliefs. <laughs> So might be worth checking that out. I mean, who knows? I mean, I'm sure Mangle hasn't read that. So, but uh, but yeah, and I think you know, valid point about building the universe in one movie, which I've got a question once for all the movies actually, which will which will tie into that. Um, Jason, we'll go to you. James Mangle getting a movie, and obviously the time frame it's set up. What are you excited about? I'm really excited about the time frame because this is it's new. It's um something different, something that can be, um, but still there's a lot of links to what we've learnt through Star Wars as it is. So there's also a bit of familiarity um, that can still be brought into it. James Mangold as a director, Copland was one of my favourite films. It's one of the only films that I I really like that um, it gave Sylvester Stallone a real chance to chew on his acting jobs with that film um and you know james mangold knows how to bring together a cast of very different actors and turn that into a story that is enjoyable and relatable so for me it's a it's an it's a very interesting choice and a good choice in my mind um so i'm looking forward to seeing where it goes um Obviously, I'm looking forward to seeing what he's done with the Indiana Jones franchise as well. Um, the, uh, as I say, the time frame, I think there's so much and it's a chance to build. Obviously, the High Republic's proved so popular that to go further further back and learn more about the how the Jedi Order became what it is. Um, is something that I think is going to be very exciting for us as fans to enjoy. Definitely. I think for me, one of the big things about Star Wars, you know, for all of us, I imagine, is that, you know, whenever we watch a movie, a TV show, an animated show, read a book, read a comic, listen to an audio book, you know, we're very spoiled with how much different types of Star Wars stories we get. And we're always looking for references, relics of the past, something we're familiar with, you know, whether it be, you know, in the recent, you know, Luke Skywalker comic where we're seeing visiting Jedi temples that are referencing the High Republic, you know, whether, you know, Mandalorian now where we're seeing references to the sequel trilogy to come and the First Order and tying into aftermath with the Imperial Shadow Council, all that type of stuff that was a big part of watching Star Wars now. But this is going to be the opposite because it's going to be that far in the past where, you know, it's not going to be referencing things, you know, we, we don't know what came before it. So therefore, it's going to be a very different viewing experience, almost like going at something for the first time. I think something you said, Kat. So yeah, it's going to be um, going to be going to be a strange time. But you know, I think Mangold, great storyteller, great filmmaker. I'm glad he's glad he's here. Like I said before, you know, he's you know he's tried and tested across different genres um, in storytelling and movies. Um, one of the interesting things I heard was when he was talking about Indiana Jones movie. He said, um, I don't know if he said it's a celebration. I heard it tomorrow, but. He was talking about Steven Spielberg, um, obviously the master of sort of filmmaking, and he was sort of saying, "Oh, the first, the first part of Indiana Jones is very much like a an ode to 
Steven Spielberg movie. So I imagine the beginning of Indiana Jones is going to be a flashback, and it's going to be like sort of filmed very much like a Steven Spielberg Indiana Jones movie because of the, the time the flashback is telling, which I think you know says a lot about how much of an eye for detail this guy has and how much respect he has for the legacy as well. Um, any closing thoughts on the James Mangold Dawn of the Jedi movie? And that's a wrap on that. Let's move on. Obviously, you know, perhaps one of the more craziest announcements um, there. Obviously, you know, we're getting told that we're going to get a new movie uh, directed by Charmin Chinoy. Um, it's going to be about a new Jedi Master. It's going to be set 15 years after uh, the end of the Skywalker saga, after the Rise of Skywalker movie. Um, and we found out that, you know, it's going to be telling the story of Rey as a Jedi Master, rebuilding the Jedi Order. Um, you know, and obviously Daisy came out on stage, you know, looking really, really cool. Um, I think this goes back to, you know, I think it was probably last summer when Daisy was, you know, she took a picture outside the Yoda Fountain at Lucasfilm headquarters. I think she was like, oh, I was just having, I was just having the lunch. This is probably what we're talking about, I imagine, was, was this idea for a story. And, you know, they probably didn't know how soon or how slow it would take to get to this point. But, um, but here we are, you know, the movie's announced. Um, I'm trying to think who's the Ian might know this, who's the the writer who's just left the movie project. Damon uh, Damon Lindelof. Yeah, so I think this is this is the script he was working on, I believe. So obviously he's left, and they've hired the guys who do um, Tiki Blinders. I'm lacking on their names right now, um, but they, I think they've been they've said they're going to finish the script pretty quick. Um, so I think this will be the first movie going to production. To be honest with you, will be this one. Um, I think it's sort of the one closest to being ready to go now. Um, with this sort of script now almost being done. Uh, but yeah, let's go to you, Ian. Obviously, thoughts on a Star Wars story telling the story of the rebirth, well, not rebirth, but uh, rebuilding the Jedi Order with Rey as the Jedi Master, almost sort of a, um, you know, a continuation of our, of our sequel trilogy situation, I suppose. Yeah, I love the fact that Daisy's back. It was quite funny. Obviously, I wasn't in the room for the Lucasfilm Showcase, but I've seen the video where the person says, oh, do you want to meet the Jedi Master? And I think everyone thought it would be Daisy, but there was a split second where it would be like, it'd be a bit weird if someone walked out we didn't know. But no, it's it's great to have uh, it's great to have Daisy back. She looked really excited. Uh, I can't wait to see her swing her yellow lightsaber about. That would be really cool. I like the look of that at the end of The Rise of Skywalker. And it's a chance now to obviously do a movie where they know the plan. Like Jason said earlier, like I like all three sequel trilogy movies, but like they said, there wasn't an overarching plan. So it'll be good to see what they do with Daisy rebuilding the Jedi Order post, uh, obviously, the Rise of Skywalker, 15 years, I believe, after the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, and it'll be good to get her back. But I said, for that character, people obviously people don't say, that character, Daisy, all the, all the kids that grew up who growing up now who watch the sequel trilogy, for them that's like my prequel trilogy. I grew up with the prequel trilogy. So people love that character. People really do love Daisy Ridley's Ray, and she was a great character. Where we can disagree on uh, whatever they did with the character, like what direction they took her in, but she is a great character who a lot, especially little girls, look up to and will be really excited to find out she's coming back to do another film. And that's huge. And like I said, I, I, the thing I did like with all the movie announcements is there was 
there was things for everyone. Like you don't have to enjoy everything that people put out, but there's there's stuff for the sequel trilogy fans. There's stuff who's obviously followed for Loney forever, and then there's the unknown with James Mangold. So it's it's really good to see Daisy back. I do hope they bring back more of the sequel trilogy cast. Like I said, everyone said it, but I'll say it here. I hope they bring John Boyega back so he can get a continuation of Finn's story and pick it up where they left it and all that type of stuff. So I'm really excited to see where it goes, what the rebuilding of the Jedi Order looks like 15 years after the Rise of Skywalker, who potentially the villains could be, because I don't think it's going to be the Sith again. It's going to have to be a new like villain. And yeah, really excited to see Daisy back. And like I said, it was it was she looked really happy to be back. And the room exploded when she came out. Obviously, I've seen the video on there online. So yeah, no, really excited to see uh, that the sequel that they are going to press on with the sequel trilogy characters and do another movie with them. Yep. So I think you know they've announced Ray. They haven't announced any of that character guys. I think they've. They spoke to Kathleen Kennedy afterwards in, in these interviews as I was at IGN Empire magazine. I think she went, you know, you know, nothing's off the table type of thing. Don't want to get too much away, but yeah, the characters can return and stuff like that. Um, you know, I think, you know, Force Awakens came out in 2015, you know, so the next movie that's on the slate is for 2025, and it's possibly going to be this one, you know. Ten-year-old, you know, 10-year-old girls and boys who've seen The Force Awakens will be 20 when this movie comes out. So, you know, I think that's good box office money, you know, you you saw this movie as a child and loved it, and then now you're an adult and you, you can go and see it yourself, take your friends, take your family to see it. So I think it makes a lot of sense for this movie to come. Um, going to you, Kat, um, you know, obviously, you know, Ray's back, we're telling the story of the Jedi. Um, I believe Charmaine Chinoy is, did she do um, Miss Marvel over Marvel for Disney Plus? She did, and it's so amazing that we finally got a female director directing a Star Wars film. And what better film could that be than a film focusing on Rey? I was 14 when The Force Awakens came to cinemas, and I remember going to see it. I I went to see it twice because I was that enthralled by this new part of the galaxy, by these new characters, and Rey was one of my favourites. So I'll be 24 where if this film comes out in 2025, which is kind of crazy to think about. And how crazy is it that Star Wars has been part of my life for that long? Um, Ray was absolutely one of the most cosplayed characters at Star Wars Celebration Europe 2023, which was just so amazing to see. And it ranged from little kids going around to you know, adults cosplaying as Ray, And it's so wonderful to see the love this character's getting because Daisy Ridley did an incredible job at acting as Ray, And she brought so much nuance to that character. So much spirit, so much heart. And it only makes sense to continue her story. I can't wait to see what she's doing with the Jedi, hopefully not making them the same mistakes as Luke and Yoda, doing it properly. And yeah, hopefully they will bring other characters back from the sequel trilogy. Hashtag bring back Ben Solo. <laughs> well, it, it's funny, you know, like the things are going to have to reference, you know, I, I think, you know, Luke and Yoda, you know, I think that's almost a cautionary tale of how sort of, you know, of how you can be very quickly sidetracked and sort of lose everything, if that makes sense. Um, obviously, we know Ray's got the, the books that she took from 
Active Island, you know, Luke's, Luke's Jedi books. Um, probably going to be trying to rebuild the Jedi Order from them. Um, you know, whether we get Luke Skywalker in the movie or, or not, we don't know as a Force Ghost. Um, you know, Ben Solo, is he a Force Ghost? Is he not? Is there a way to um, resurrect him? Who knows? Um, time will tell, I suppose, on, on that front. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, it's exciting to have a female director, you know, coming in um, and telling a female story. Um, the story that's connected to you know, yourself and so many fans, like I said, in 2015. Like I said, you know, you know people who were, you know, in the, in the teenage years or, you know, just before becoming a teenager, like I said, the adults in this movie comes out and it'll be a case of, they'll be going to see the continuation of their favourite character, which I think is pretty, pretty magical. Um, Jason, we'll go over to you. Obviously, thoughts on um, us getting a continuation of, of Ray's story and Daisy really being back. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those that's been rumoured for quite a while now, um, and obviously, it's it's quite an exciting idea, um, that we now get the chance maybe to see a new Jedi Order being formed and how that happens, um, because obviously we didn't get to see that with Luke and see what would happen there, um, although we've now had sneak peeks via um, the Book of Boba Fett and obviously the Mandalorian. Um, again, it's one of those things, I just hope they've got it clearly planned and it's not just, uh, okay, this character's popular, let's see what we can do with it. Um, because we've had that disaster, or well, not necessarily a disaster, but I think characters have been um, given a disservice because it hasn't been properly thought out. Um, but it's one of those things that, yeah, done properly, it's going to be an exciting thing for us to see. Um, and obviously then leads the way for Star Wars to continue going past the era of the Skywalker saga. Um, so giving us that little bit extra. Um, so again, it's one of those that... And having a female director, I think that could be interesting, could give some a new perspective and, you know, we could see a different style of character development, um, which is always a positive. Um, for me, it is giving the characters the service that they deserve and telling a story that's well plotted and is delivered in a way that is enjoyable and not just a mismatch and giving fans what they want um you know it it's easy to say right the fans like this the fans like that chuck it in a pot and they'll buy it we want to see a proper story told well and with a clear path so that we can see where it's going um but otherwise you know with all three of these films We've got three very different timelines that are being looked at, and I think it's nothing but enjoyable for us as fans. Um, and as long as it's all done in a well-organised way, I think it's a good time to be a Star Wars fan. Well, I think it'd be really clever. You know, I think, you know, none of, the, for example, like the Ray movie hasn't been called episode 10, for example. Like, we haven't announced trilogies or you know, sequels or any of these movies, the case of, you know, 
like Shaumine is coming to direct this this movie about rebuilding Jaiora. You know, James Angle is coming to tell a story about the Dawn of the Jedi, not not a series of movies about the Dawn of the Jedi, which you could do. You know, game like you know Dave's coming to do you know a, a standalone sort of movie to tell the ending of the Mandalorian. Sorry. I think they've been very careful, which I think I think it's a good thing. You know, I mean, you know, maybe we will get sequels to these movies announced, and that's fine. But I think you know to not be saying, oh, there's going to look at, you know, you've announced Ryan Johnson in the trilogy, you know, 10 years ago, it's, you know, still nowhere near. Do you know what I mean? Like, will it happen? Will it not? We don't know. Um, I mean, that guy himself, you know, was very busy and popular doing things elsewhere um, as well. So there's not as if he's no need to work. Um, so, you know, I think they've been really clever in, in doing that. I think all these movies, I think, will have opening, the movies will have opening crawls. Crawls will be back, but I think you'll probably lose the episodic uh, bit on the, on the front of the movie. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, talking about bringing the cast back, I think some, some of you guys mentioned bringing the cast back, not just Ray, but maybe John Boyega. Um, you know, John referenced some stuff about, you know, racism and character being sidetracked and stuff. And, you know, I think he's just a bit angry, to be honest with you. And, you know, you know, I didn't particularly think maybe he, he had he had the club to say that, you know. But, again, you know, I'm, 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 a, I'm a white man who's very privileged. So, you know, just to say that, I think that, and, and he's wrong, is, is, is incorrect as well. You know what I mean? If he, if he thought at the time. And, and he did, but I think you know to say that you know Charmaine's coming in, who's you know person of color. We've seen what they did with the character, you know, with Miss Marvel and, and dealing with the culture and, and, and people of color and telling a fantastic story and weaving that in and not sort of whitewashing it, and um, so to speak for the mainstream. So maybe someone like him will see that and say, oh, "I'll come back and be, I'll come back and be Finn definitely because I can see what he's doing." And the thing that maybe turned us off towards the end of his Star Wars journey. Is going to be the thing that's going to bring us back to start Star Wars journey again. So I think that, that could be really, really cool. Um, what's your thoughts, Ian, on the fact that you know they've announced, they've announced singular movies and not sort of groups of movies or trilogies or anything like that? I think it's a smart idea. It doesn't paint them into a corner. It doesn't mean, oh, well, we have to make this movie successful, otherwise uh, we've, we've painted ourselves into a corner. So I think it's just smart. Take it easy. Just do one movie at a time. Take take the time to do it. Do it correctly. You don't have to pressure yourselves into the thing because obviously the sequel trilogy, they they needed a movie, but Disney wanted a movie and they had to get it out. So now just take your time and like not do it properly, but like I said, but just take your time and do it how you want to do it. Let the creatives drive the process. And I think it's a smart idea not to paint yourself into a corner by saying, right, Dave Filoni's going to do three movies, but then panic because the first one doesn't do overly great you know what i mean something like that no definitely i think you're right cat any any closing thoughts on on this the three movies and, and the situation when with them i think having standalone movies is a smart idea because you're not trying to get anybody into long contracts which can be difficult you're not saying well the story has to be this long you're giving in a way, by saying it's just one movie, you're giving a director so much more creative freedom because they can tell their story in one go, knowing who they've got and what time they've got and the budget they've got. So I think there's going to probably be tie-in books and comics with these stories. It's not going to just be a film. But I think it's a smart choice. And Star Wars isn't just about trilogies. Look at Rogue One. Rogue One is one of the best Star Wars stories there is, and that's just a singular film. So I think we should be very excited for these upcoming movies, the different genres we're going to be getting in terms of storytelling and the different eras 
there's literally something for every Star Wars fan. And we say it again and again, but we're literally living in the golden era of Star Wars. There is just so much. And it's so exciting to know that there's just more coming. I think it was like a buffet, like you're at the buffet table and you're like eating delicious chicken wings, right? And that's like it. That's going to be like that's the Yassi Mandalorian series. And before you know it, like some big juicy cheeseburgers come along, that's a soga. Then you've got like, you know, nice tasty lasagnas coming. And that, that's going to be like the next movies. You've got higher public books coming at you. That sort of, um, you know, delicious lamb chops. There's like so much food coming. And like I said, you don't have to consume it all. I mean, someone like me who was a, who was a greedy pig absolutely will. But, um, but do you know what I mean? Like there's so many different varieties coming at you that, you know, you can sort of pick and choose the bits you want. It's like a delicious Star Wars lunch buffet. Um, you know, the golden age of Star Wars because there's that much coming. Hopefully it's all going to be good, fingers crossed. Um, Jason, pros and thoughts on the three Star Wars movies announcements? Yeah, there's um, there's a lot there to be looked forward to. Um, as I say, I, I'm always going to be a fan of Filoni, um, so I can't wait to see what he um, brings to the table. Um, the fact that he's got this opportunity... Um, to direct a feature film is amazing for him personally um, and also I, I know that he he is a director that will use the tools available to him and I am sure he's going to be he's going to be getting all the advice and the guidance that he can from both George Lucas who obviously is is Star Wars and from John Favreau, who is, let's face it, he's a brilliant director, producer. He he's a storyteller, um, like George Lucas. Um, and with those two behind him, and with Dave's own talents, I think for me that's probably the most exciting one. And also the fact that it's a continuation and the closing of what I've already enjoyed from the Mandalorian, the book of Boba Fett, and obviously now looking forward to Ahsoka. Um, so yeah, that for me is the most exciting, but then obviously these other two films that are from very different times with very different stories to tell. Um, and that, that again is also something that I, I think the fact that we're getting such a wide, time range is exciting for Star Wars um, now all I need is a solo TV series to finish off that story and I'll be a happy boy well you know I've got a question sort of related to that type of situation coming up but you know, I think you know, have a flow you know I think you know when you came into you know work for Lucasfilm Animation you know with George I think you know other people might have come in and sort of done the day job and you know did, did, done a good job but not necessarily took advantage of the the opportunity at hand, which was to pick George's brain and become the apprentice to George, but he 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 took you know he grabbed that opportunity with both hands and made that opportunity for himself. You know, I'm sitting here one of the greatest storytellers of all time. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna milk this train. Do you know what I mean? I think you know when you go back to you know and working with John Favreau, you know we've heard the stories. You know, a producer like you know a serial blockbuster producer like Captain Kennedy, who's head of the studio, who we probably worked with daily. You know, we've heard the stories on the set of the Last Jedi, where you know. Before he'd done any live action, he was on the set last Jedi and he was sort of learning how to block and how to set scenes with Ryan Johnson, you know, who 
well, you like that fella you don't. You know, Ryan Johnson's a masterful filmmaker and a masterful storyteller. Um, you know, score watch some of his other movies like Brick and Luba, um, like um, Glass Onion, you know. So he, whenever he's in front of someone who has great knowledge, Dave Filoni's always, you know, speaking to them, learning, almost like, you know, that, you know, like Yoda's quote when he says, you know, a Jedi always learns, you know, that, that type of thing, you know, as Kat said, you know, he's like, he is like a Jedi and he is, he, he embodies that completely. So, you know, the fact he's learned from all these different people I've just mentioned, plus ones we don't know about, you know, is, is absolutely fantastic. Um, obviously, the, the big elephant in the room, um, so I think you didn't mean to mention it, but you got my brain thinking, Jason. Obviously, you know, he said solo storylines, you know, you know, three new Star Wars movies announced. Um, do we think we'll see these movies before we see the Taika Waititi movie, which is still in sort of development? Yeah, that I think these three movies you can pretty much. I don't think Kathleen Kennedy would have made any more announcements if she wasn't 100% certain. Taika Waititi, I think, is in big limbo. Um, and yeah, I'm, I, I know you got some of you guys are quite excited by it. For me, Taika Waititi, the last Thor film was a little bit too self indulgent for me. Um, and I'm worried that's what Star Wars would become. Um, so I, I'm, yeah, these three are the ones I think Lucasfilm are, are focusing on. If there was going to be some news on the Taika Waititi news, we would have had it at Celebration. I mean, um, I said I said Taika, but that was just a reference point. So, you know, we've had a you know lovely little puff piece editorial video of Patty Jenkins become the next thing fighter pilot for a movie that's now no longer on the slate. So I'm, I'm just I'm just saying, you know, these movies have been announced, but we've had a lot more publicity for other movies that seem to be just vanished now. So do you think? Do you think the odds are we'll definitely get these three movies in theaters? That's that's open to the whole group to discuss that. I believe I believe so. Yeah, I do. I do believe so. Like I said, I don't think she'll want to make another announcement. I see what you're saying with obviously Rogue Squadron and uh, other movies that potentially uh, have been like announced or anything. Uh, yeah, I do think so. I think you obviously. You know Dave's not going to go anywhere, so we probably we're more hundred going to get his movie. Uh, Dave's the most Dave's is the most sure thing for me because obviously he is Luke's film. Uh, obviously bringing Daisy, I don't think they bring Daisy Ridley out if they weren't going to do the film. And the the one that's obviously the biggest doubt for me is James Mangles, just because it's the strangest one. But for me, no, I think I do think we'll get these films. I do. Like I said, the Rogue Squadron thing's weird. I do. I did see an interesting quote about Rogue Squadron from Kathleen Kennedy, where she said that might potentially move forward as a uh, as a series. Maybe not with Patty Jenkins, but going back, like it would fit in the timeline. There was a there was great Rogue Squadron books around the time of the Mandoverse, so that could work. But no, I do I do believe that we will get these movies. I do think that. Yeah. I mean, I hope we get them all, but. I'm just being a bit of a devil's advocate because we've been burned. We've been not done this road before, is what I'll say. Uh, I, can't Captain, blame, you... I can't blame you for that, to be fair. Like, I, <laughs> I can see why when they announce films, people have doubts. I can see why. Cap, the... are we going to get all three? Absolutely. These <laughs> are movies that Kathleen has announced a celebration. We will be getting these movies. 
I think the rest that have been previously announced, I think they're going to quietly push under the rug. And I think they're not going to see the light of day. There was a point, I think, Lucasfilm were just trying to write movies for the sake of movies. And they realised that that is not the way to go. Star Wars fans want stories that mean something, that are relatable, that either expand the mythos in some way or tell stories that we need to have told. So these three that have been announced are stories that we need to have told. And they're going to be told. So, yeah, I completely trust that what's been announced will arrive. And everything before that will just, yeah, fade into black. I love that optimism, Cash. I love it. I mean, that's what I'm taking away from today, tonight. That optimism, we're going to get them all. Um, I think that brings an end to sort of the discussion today. Um, Ian, any closing points about celebration in the movies? No, like I said, celebration was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. It was so much fun. Uh, and yeah, the, the movies really optimistic. Like I said, I'll say I'll go along the same line as Cat. I am really optimistic that we will get them. The one I'm looking forward to the most is the Dave Filoni movie, just because of the time period and my uh, love for the Air to the Empire type of stuff and all that thing. So yeah, no, really looking forward to it. Hope we get him. And I am, I am missing that moment of going to a movie theatre and watching a Star Wars film. I have missed that. We haven't had that since 2019 was Rise of Skywalker. So if we can get that in 2025, I could sit down and watch a Star Wars film in the theatre. I'd be very happy. Cat, over to you. Closing thoughts? Star Celebration in London was just such an incredible experience. One of the best life experiences I've had. And I'm just so excited for the Star Wars universe right now. I just, I can't stop wearing Star Wars t-shirts and listening to Star Wars music. I just want to be surrounded by all the Star Wars. And hat off to you for doing that. Jason, over to you. Yeah, um, what else can I say? Um, you know, Celebration was an experience that I, I'll just take with me in a very happy place um getting to catch up with old friends make new friends um working alongside people that i respect and to have a lot of time for um i've got to thank um steve and james for everything they did um in organizing accommodation and different things um for me it was an experience of a lifetime in sharing it with all you guys um and all the guys that i already knew um after everything that happened with covid it was just a brilliant chance to get everyone back together um and you know um looking forward to carrying on forward chatting star wars with you guys um and exploring this galaxy that is full of adventures it is indeed it is indeed i just want to give a shout out to um i had a lovely conversation on one of the nights with uh mickey from the imperial center podcast obviously man united fan obviously our majority so i had a, some good football banter there as well a lot of fun um and then also uh with alden from the uh, actor radio show uh big pro wrestling fan so we've chat a lot of pro wrestling uh 
after one too many uh, spice rooms and Red Bull. Uh, fantastic time though. Um, and again, you know, obviously Sean and Kate and Sky Talk has, you know, great live show that I watched them do. Um, Brandon from uh, Talk Me 94, fantastic live show as he did. Uh, really, really enjoyed that. Um, obviously Savannah, Brian, Jared, you know, great appointment to you guys. And again, shout out uh, Ian and Georgia. Thanks for being awesome Mandos. Randy, thanks for being a fantastic fan from across the across the sea there as well. Um, you know, Ian, Kat, Jason, thanks for being awesome. You know, I think, um, you know, Steve, Mark, um, James, thanks for being so welcoming and, uh, you know, giving us an awesome time. Um, anybody I've been doing on the show for, thanks for being awesome. Everybody who was grabbing all of our stickers and our um, fork collection bookmarks, thank you very much for grabbing those up. I mean, I've come back with only two stickers left, which I kept for myself and how many left. I got rid of all my bookmarks, which is uh, which is fantastic. Um, anybody actually collected all four of the Star Wars bookmarks? So it was, it was one with me on, one with Kat on, one with Ian on, one with Jason on. Um, if you got all four, send us a picture of all four, and we'll send you a prize out as well. Um, that is the end of the episode. So we'll go to you, Ian. Ian, where can the people find you on social media? I am on social media. Obviously, I'm under the Star Wars uh, umbrella as well. But uh, you can find me on uh, social media as the Mandalorian. On uh, on Twitter and uh, Instagram. Kat, where can the people find you on social media? You can find me at Kat Kylo on Twitter, where I'm always happy to talk Star Wars Lego and anything Kylo Ren. <laughs> you can follow Jason at Hondo Lane on Twitter. Uh, to guess oh. what his Twitter handle is. <laughs> did you remember that this week? I did actually. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Well, I had you back. I had you covered. Um, you can obviously follow me um, on Twitter and Instagram at Jordy Jedi Pete. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Bores Stars. You can also follow the podcast on um, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Star Wars Podcast. Um, if you're listening on Spotify or on Apple Music, please leave us a top review. Um, if you're listening on any other type of podcast um, software or app that allows you to leave a review again, just leave a top review um, in a nice little sentence. It makes us all smile. Um, and obviously helps people find the podcast as well, which is absolutely wonderful. Thank you very much for joining us in this post-celebration special. And what's crazy, guys, is that, you know, we've just come out of Star Wars Celebration, so we're just getting over it. You know, these movie announcements were huge. But, you know, come Wednesday, we've got the finale of The Mandalorian, which is probably going to blow our minds even more. So, as Kat said before, you know, we truly are in the golden era of Star Wars storytelling. It truly is a never-ending lunch buffet of awesomeness. And I just, I just love Star Wars. Consuming Star Wars is the best thing ever. Um, thank you very much for listening. And remember, always tell that to Kanja Club. Hello, Star Wars listeners. This is Savannah Odit. You might know me as host of the Dorky Diva Show with my co-host Brian Balance. I am also producer of The Adventures of the Zolan Dart, which is a Star Wars-inspired audio drama that we produced over the last year. If you love stories uh, about smugglers, courage, heroic characters, and maybe a few foes along the way, you should go to thedorkydivashow.com and listen to The Adventures of the Zolan Dart today. Shout! We've got your pigs. Were any of the critters harmed? What did you do now? I didn't do anything. I just freaked out for no reason. It was nice doing business with you again. Maybe next time we could deliver something less... Temperamental. <laughs> now, what you call temperamental, I call fun. 
Hey, is there a place nearby where I can make some repairs? Uh, oh yeah, three clicks south of here, you'll find a small spaceport. Uh, they, they should have what you need, as long as it's nothing too big. Dynamic class! My stars, you don't hear about many of those still being spaceworthy. It's been in my family for a while. She's pretty great. Uh, any chance you have a hovercart we can use to load up? I'll check out the holonet to see if anything new has come up in the sector. My name is Sereth Khan. I am the chief here on Kamai. My people and I have been experiencing food shortages as of late due to unforeseen natural occurrences. We are looking to hire someone. I say we take this one. The pay is great and it's the type of job we're familiar with. Welcome, welcome. You must be Captain Otoa. I've already sent word to Patu to expect you in the next cycle or so. You told him we were coming before we even accepted the job. That's rather presumptuous, isn't it? Uh, perhaps, though once I received confirmation that you were interested and on your way here, I couldn't help but hope. Fair enough. Well, we'll be back as soon as we can. Well, that's not good. Is that blaster fire I hear? Ah, so you're the one. Captain, it sounds like they want to do this the hard way. <laughs> I love when they got some fight in them. Oh, uh, this is bad. This is bad. We're about to have a lot of company. I'll see you soon.